Digital. Student-centered. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tales of Teaching Online. My name is Laura Tubino, and today I'm joined by Rob McHenry from the School of Engineering, who will be sharing with us his experience working with students as partners for the design of work integrated learning resources. Hello, Rob, and thank you for being here today. Let's start with a bit of an introduction. Would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Dicking? Uh, g'day, Laura. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Rob McHenry. I'm the professional practice lecturer in the School of Engineering. Um, I joined Deakin uh, just before the pandemic hit, the end of 2019, after working a bit over 10 years in, in the automotive industry as a powertrain development engineer. Uh, and yeah, now I work within the school to try and help uh, you know, build our students' uh, employability skills and help them prepare for, the, for work. And I guess also to try and support our academic staff in terms of uh, professional skill development in our students and sometimes in, in themselves as well when they haven't had that experience outside of academia. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's uh, really important work you're doing here, especially um, to getting our students work ready. So what were your goals and key consideration when starting to work with students and partners? Uh, well, I guess it really started out of, a little bit out of necessity. Um, so the COVID hit and students were struggling to find placements. And I was also looking to try and start embedding some learning material into uh, several units related to professional practice. Um, so we, myself and Associate Professor Shiva Krishnan, decided to um, offer students an opportunity to come and work with us as instructional designers. Um, and we had we had ideas in place and we had a bit of a framework that we thought of uh, professional practice that we thought we could utilize to help students with their learning and also for us to sort of evaluate uh, and yeah so we really wanted their perspective i suppose because we've heard and had set written in the literature and also heard from others that it can be difficult to get students and even some of the lecturers to take professional practice learning serious um and so we thought well why don't we introduce the student voice and we're really keen to introduced the industry voice as well. And we thought, well, there's an opportunity here for us to give these students, I guess, a proximal experience with industry to try and help us. That is a great idea, really valuable. What I'm wondering is what was your starting point? Did you start from learning goals? Oh, we kind of, what we started with really was um, a bit of an audit. So I was in the midst of redesigning another unit, uh, a will, placement-based wheel unit um, and I wanted to try and introduce a, a framework that we just sort of developed as a spin-off from the Engineers Australia professional pra uh, professional competency standards. Um, they're very good but they're really quite lengthy and detailed and um, I suppose we wanted to make something a bit more digestible so we're sort of testing that out to start with. So we had sort of six key themes of professional practice, you know, things like, you know, self-management, um, engineers, wider social responsibility, uh, Ability to work in teams, collaborate, and and the like, pro project management, things like that. Um, and we sort of so we got students to break up. Well, this one student to start with, he was really keen on project management, so we got him to sort of audit his class, uh, his experiences as a learner um, through his degree. Like these students are all third and fourth year students, looking to graduate soon. Um, we ended up with a couple of master's students as well. Um, so yeah, that, it was really starting with an audit, to be honest, using that framework, although there's definitions of different key skills with, as written as learning outcomes, and we got them to revise where they may have covered that in their learning journey to date, um, ideally with in their time at Deakin, um, just because that's the course that we were looking to, I guess, support mm -hmm. the development of, but yeah, but also beyond that. 
So these were third and fourth year students that were looking to designing um, learning materials for a year one unit. Yeah, so first and second year was always the focus. Um, I guess we have a large pathway of students coming from overseas that join our degrees in the third year. Uh, mm -hmm. And in the School of Engineering, we have uh, a strong emphasis on the project-oriented design-based learning pedagogy, I suppose. And um, a big part of that is where we develop the students' professional skills, uh, particularly around teamwork and communication. Um, and I guess to an extent, we're now working on that broader social context side of things as well, um, which I guess loosely aligns to GLO8. Um, so we found it was really important to try and create an online suite of digital tools that we can give to these students that are coming in later on to at least give them a flavour and expectation of the type of things that we're looking to develop here at Deakin. Um, and also let's you know, authentically embed this into our learning for first and second year as well. So everyone's kind of on a, won't be entirely even playing field when they get to third year, but at least they've got a base, the same basis of, um, I guess, knowledge and understanding or awareness. Yeah, so we, through that auditing process, um, we got the students to sort of identify where maybe they wanted to um, improve or maybe they had a real area of interest. And I, I guess, so we started with one student, but we ended up quickly going to about 10. So we broke those students up into sort of three or four groups from memory. Um, and they all focused on different sort of themes. So um, we had you know, a few students looking at um, social responsibility of engineers, a couple looking at communication, um, some looking at how team teamwork. Um, and I think we ended up sort of throwing self-management in there with um, teamwork from memory. Uh, and so they sort of invest, they went and researched a bit of publicly available material. And then they also, um, you know, found things that they found interesting and engaging to learn. And we used that sort of experience to try and help them develop some questions that they would want to ask practitioners. So then we, yeah, I guess through, my network and I guess our broader network, um, we were able to reach out to industry. And I guess there's also some great people within Deakin that helped um, do some mock interviews or not mock interviews, real interviews, um, but I guess in, in a safer environment internally. So um, some other lecturers and even some people within um, DLF uh, and, a, and a few other areas. So they were really helpful to prepare the students. Um, and then, yeah, we, we reached out uh, and got the students to conduct these interviews. We recorded the interviews. Um, and then the students would, after the interviews, they would analyze them uh, using the Borton model of reflection. Uh, we set up a simple template and it was a shared template. So they all contributed to that same, that same document. And we had a weekly meeting where we discussed, you know, cause we could end up at one point in time, we probably had two interviews, three interviews a week happening. Um, students were joining other students' interviews as they would go and they were sort of, so it was this real social learning environment that we're trying to foster. Um, and we tried, I guess our role, Shiva and I was just to try and encourage the students to think about what it was they were learning, what they found as interesting, what it is they'd want to share with others. Um, so we kind of really, we acted as sort of facilitators or guys on the side while they sort of really brought forward what they found was the interesting insights and the interesting ways to learn. Um, yeah, I'll let you ask a question before I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really interesting. I'm wondering, I'm very curious to know whether the learning materials they came with are they develop are similar to the ones we develop or they are completely innovative. I wonder what they came up with. So I guess we're fast forwarding a little here, but yeah, the when they so I guess a, le a learning was we went into it hoping students could go through the process of discovery and development, but it just in 12 weeks wasn't enough time. So I guess we're really fortunate with the um, CV employability guiding plan to be awarded a little bit of money to uh, rehire a few of the students um, on as partners. Um, 
one of them had already, one of them was post-graduation. Um, the other two were near graduation. Um, they came on board and helped us. So yeah. So one student being a mechatronics student into programming, really like computer games, he really wanted to create a gamified resource. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, he was keen to use a, a tool called Unity. Um, we fast found that might've been a bit too complicated or complex as our first protocol as a tool. So he, he did a lot of really good research into different tools. He looked at H5P and a few others, but we settled on Twine. Um, and he did, he had a great partnership with um, an old football coach of mine, actually a colleague um, at Gemini Energy. So um, Owen Casey, he's an occupational health and safety expert. And the two of them worked together on creating a, um, I guess a decision tree matrix type um, resource that's now been embedded in some master's courses. Um, and then another student, he was really into YouTubing. He loved YouTube. He loved animation. He's we we realised he was quite a quite a good artist and drawer. Um, so he actually created um, animated videos um, uh, with a I guess a particular narration style as well. And um, you know, so he created this character as, as a small alien. Uh, he did some other videos with effectively a stick figure. But I guess the world that he created around it was really interesting. Um, and when he implemented that in a um, first year engineering design course um, unit, um, and that was really got really good feedback from the students in terms of it being engaging and a really good, and even the academic staff that supported it in terms of being a really good conversation starter as well around particular topics. So, yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Did you, so you already implemented these uh, resources? So we put one in, to our, uh, and we're in the midst of putting the second one in at the moment. Um, we probably a bit more strategic in the way we put the first one in. So yeah, uh, engineering in society is a new unit that um, myself, Kaya, or Kaya Antel was the unit chair. And I guess Alan Moon put a lot of work into it last year to develop the unit as well. Um, and there's a few others in the school that help um, deliver the unit. Uh, but yeah, that, that unit's really about introducing engineering students to the broader social context. That's about the concept of social responsibility. And it is a I think it's really a threshold concept that a lot of even myself in practice didn't really pick up until probably four or five years in and Shiva had a similar experience. Um, and it's not until that point that you realise the purpose of your work and it really helps with your decision making and your engineering, your judgment as a professional. Because um, you often get caught up in your own little world wanting to deliver your thing, um, but then realising the responsibility of others and how your work might affect the broader, bigger picture. Um, it's something we really want to introduce to our students. So yeah, Liam had a really engaging way to try and do that. Um, we implemented, we used his resources within a studio as well to try and encourage further discussion and, and learning. And, it, and it, it does scaffold pretty well into some of the assessment in that unit as well. Um, and yeah, so he, he did a bit of an evaluation. He put a survey out there. He came and observed in the classroom. Um, and yeah, he's, he's now since written a paper and it's been, uh, it's going to a conference later this year as well. So yeah, that's been a good oh, experience. Lots of work still to do to make it more effective, though. I think. So, yeah. What a great outcome. Um, what have these students, so these students have already finished at Deakin? Um, mo most of them have. Um, so a really good outcome was that a, a few of the students, well, a few majority of the students went on and either got job or even some who are still students went on, three of them went and got ambassadorial roles with um, Engineers Australia, which I thought was really good. Um, there was a one female student in particular, she was fantastic. We wanted to hire her back, but she was really quiet and reserved when she came into it. And something that we felt that was really to work with her on was her communication and her confidence in communicating. English wasn't her first language. So, um, and she, she, her and her friend who joined us, both of them uh, went on and uh, they both got jobs 
like immediately afterwards because they just felt their confidence had grown so much and that was really an outcome of them in getting engaged in these practitioner interviews and talking socially with and learning socially with their friends and getting that practice really just talking in English about this sort of stuff and also learning about practice as well so um, yeah a lot of them went on and got jobs um, and some took a little less time than others but um, yeah it's been they've all come back to us and kept in contact in some way, which has been really good. Minus a couple. There's always a few, when you get 10, there's always one or two that might be a bit of challenging. So yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds great. Um, so what was the impact that this experience had on you? Did, has this affected the way you planned your teaching and learning and you design and learning resources? Um, yeah, it has. Uh, I guess it really gave me a particularly, um, when working on that first year unit, those resources that were embedded there, it really even getting the student feedback within the class. Um, I was a little worried being an animation that maybe, because we got a lot of mature age students as well, that maybe they would find it a bit, um, you know, maybe not as good, but even even they found it really useful and the academics did as well. So like, it was really good, you know, you, you put this confidence into somebody else. Like I'm still new to teaching and learning myself. I've, you know, I've only been here two, doing this for two or three years now. Um, and at the time, we wanted, you know, within the first year that we started doing it. So, I know it really helped form my approach to teaching and learning early, having engaged in higher education. So, yeah, I, I don't really see any other way now other than engaging students, whether they, um, for the simplicity of informing what I do, or whether it's to actually fully engage them in doing something like this. I think, um, yeah, I'll always engage students in some capacity. Um, and I've, I've always gone in with the mentality that I'll engage industry in some capacity as well when I'm developing professional practice-based learning materials. So. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest challenge of implementing this uh, student as partners project? Not doing it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> At times you did want to jump in, um, but, and uh, maybe depending on your mood, you might be a better or not, you know, not so good facilitator, but, um, no, the challenge was, yeah, a lot of the students that came in didn't necessarily want to do it. They felt that there was their only real option to get a placement so they could graduate. So that, that was the case for probably half or more of the students going into it. But I guess the upside was seeing how much most of them invested in it and really found the value in it pretty quickly. Um, we had to adapt as we went along as well. Um, you know, it, I, I guess to me, I just treated it like any other team that I've worked in and I was managing that team and we'll, we'll you know, so there's a lot of time involved with it. Like we'd probably put a few hours a week into it, working with these students. Um, it's it's not like a class where you've kind of might have a little bit of distance, like these people, you're working intimately with them um, and they'll come to you quite regularly. But, you know, use of teams, getting them to try and encourage them to have their own team meetings outside of you and, you know, starting to teach them that concept of, a, you know, an escalation process where you work with your peers first before you then go, you know, work it out before you have to go to your boss if you're, you know, trying to develop some of that professional environment as well. Um, yeah, it's a challenge in a university environment to do that uh, with students, um, but that was probably one of the challenges, but yeah, we, we worked through it. Um, you know, we didn't get all the outcomes we wanted either, I suppose, as I said before, the time constraint, how long it actually takes to do some of this stuff. Um, you know, we really had to get a good 24 weeks out of a couple of students to get really good outcomes, which is hard to get that investment in time from the students as well. So um, yeah, but there's a lot of resource there, a lot of good information that we can draw upon now um, and even manipulate our, in our own ways to try and make it fit in, you know, not retrofit, but you know, fit the needs that we have for particular units and stuff as well. So no, it's been really helpful sort of process. Mm -hmm. Are you planning on continuing uh, something similar to this? 
yeah, just now I won't do it at the scale of 10 at once again. <laughs> um, that was sort of a COVID necessary kind of approach. Um, it took a lot of time, as I said. But yeah, I, you know, we're still, we've still got uh, one student with us now. Um, and I'm also, look, I've even outside of professional practice in some technical sort of realms, I've started working with students in a similar way. Um, but and I guess what's been really encouraging is other academics in the school have picked it up as a bit of a bit of a process as well. So this, um, so Alan Moon's doing some work for open education to create some open education resources to support outreach, for example. Um, and yeah, she's confronted similar challenges with um, yeah, getting students to realise they're in a workplace environment. I guess that's a challenge for any internal placement, I suppose, if people ever have taken them. But yeah, um, is, is a challenge that we've had. But yeah, it's been good to see others sort of picking it up um, even in terms of looking at different skill sets for manufacturing and things like that, that um, David Morton and Andrew Newton have looked at as well. It's been really good. They've sort of taken the same model. Mm -hmm. so, That's a brilliant yeah. outcome to have uh, such an impact on the Ooh. Yeah, well, I've, I've read it in a bit of literature. There's some folks out there, I can't remember the author at the moment, but they, they do talk about this, you know, how students' partners' programs on a small scale um, can have some good institutional impact as well. Um, it helps bring others along, I suppose, and in my role where I'm trying to help um i guess a bit of a culture but a bit of a culture of professional practice within the school it's nice to see other academics sort of taking it seriously mm -hmm. and and also wanting to engage in you know some things that you know don't necessarily show up as um you know in your traditional metrics i suppose but they they come out as being really rewarding and getting great outcomes in terms of teaching and learning i think it's great so. mm -hmm. and when people approach you when your colleagues approach you asking around this what What's your advice for them? What advice would you give anyone thinking about oh, implementing this? Make sure you've got the time to do it uh, would be the first thing. I think that's, that's pretty much everything I've discovered in the last three years is make sure you've got the time to do it. Um, but don't be afraid to do it either. So, you know, um, I guess there's a lot of people wonder, you know, we do a lot of industry engagement to try and get research or whatever, but I, I haven't had a single person say no in terms of industry engagement to sort of support learning. And this is a really, uh, low risk, low, um, I guess, uh, low effort way for industry to engage to support learning is to just have some students interview them, record it. Like if you really want to use it for research, go through the appropriate ethics um, processes as well. But um, you know, we're we're really just using this to inform our teaching and learning and um, give some students a good experience in the meantime. So uh, yeah, don't be afraid to ask those people in your network or ask your broader network just to say hey you're, you're happy to talk to some students um and you know yeah some of these students have gotten good networks out of this and gotten jobs as a result of people they've met too yeah so like there's it's it's a really good networking exercise the other way so yeah just make sure you got the time and then don't worry about getting it right just do it <laughs> that's great yeah. advice yeah thank you very much uh, rob for being with us today and for sharing your experience that's all right uh, hopefully it's uh helpful for others but yeah now if anyone wants to contact me they can too you can look me up um or yeah i don't know how you share people contact details through your podcast but just yeah, let them know. Post. yeah so yeah cool details will be there <laughs> awesome thank you rob no worries thank you